Hello, this is Andrew. Starting off Hemispheric Views with a very important announcement. It's June, which means it's Arcadia June. Now, if you don't know what Arcadia is, you need to check our archives. In episode 29 last year, Arcadia June as an event came into being as part of the Hemispheric Views universe. Then, in episode 31, it featured an interview with Irene, who supports the developer, Raffaella, with the game. Check both those episodes for full details. But let me give you the quick rundown. Arcadia June is an opportunity for you to play the iOS game Arcadia and compete with other listeners of Hemispheric Views for the high score and a fantastic prize. Eric won the prize last year. We don't want Eric to win again, do we? It's up to you to prevent that. We need you to play the various games on Arcadia, log your high scores, and let us know what they were via Discord or even email hello at hemisphericviews.com. We just want to know what you're scoring. Arcadia is a game you can play anywhere on iOS. You can play it on your phone. You can play it on Apple TV. You can even play it on your Apple Watch. So there's no excuse not to play and not to have fun with Arcadia June. And what's more, the developer of Arcadia, Raffaella, has generously provided some codes for us to use or to give away that will enable the lucky recipients of said codes to access the game, download the game, copy of it for free but if you don't get that code don't worry it's very affordable on the app store we're talking on just a few dollars so whether you get the code whether you still have the download from last year's arcadia june or you're a new listener and you want to play this year please join in it's a huge event we love it arcadia june let's get gaming professional sportscaster uh job that you do now yes yes do you have that type of setup for that or do you constantly throughout the entire thing think man this this could be a lot better if they would let me set this up no it's pretty good setup although the headphone and microphone the quality of the equipment is not as good little you, to, no. i can attest you do not set a you don't sound like you first of all the, okay. the you that I know, which is this. But to be fair, when you're doing your your alternate persona, and maybe that's part of it, maybe you are, you know, different person. Basketball guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe you are a basketball guy at that point. I honestly thought I was watching the wrong recording because I was like, this I don't I mean it kinda maybe sounds, but I didn't think it was you until I confirmed. So they got some weird setup going on over there, I think. 
Is it fair to say that maybe on this podcast, Andrew adopts a persona of business and technological authority? There's presence and resonance. Whereas on the sports show, he's more of a, not generic necessarily, but a man of the people. He's a relatable everyman. I thought that could be it. But then I remembered NBL Pocket Podcast, which is the most sportsy of sports things that one can listen to. And I know that from experience and having no idea what's going on throughout the entire thing. But even then, difference. So I don't know. I think maybe it's a chemistry thing, partially. Could be, right? NBL Pocket Podcast, chemistry there. This show, something's going on here. We're not sure what, but something. I want to know. So this basketball thing. So they give me an Audio Technica headset. Ooh. So it's got the integrated microphone. The mixer is ancient and and the levels, like you exceed the levels allocation very easily. It's very crackly and poppy. That's not great. And I just want to know at what point, how many games in, is it totally legitimate to bring along in a little backpack my my own mixer and just say, look, can we integrate this equipment into the, into the show? The fact that it hasn't just happened it. already is shocking to me. I don't know how you didn't show up with your little Pelican case branded on the side, pop it open. It's got a mixer. It's got a microphone. It's got a headset. And you're like, hey, you just kind of shove all that other stuff <laughs> off the desk, right? <laughs> Plop all your stuff down and say, now we're going to make a show. Let me let me show you how this is going to go. I haven't done that, but I did have because because the last game we did was um sort of a, a bigger event. It was on the uh, the Ko service, the streaming sports service oh, in Australia. There you go. So we had he had additional production crew there, and the guy just leaned mm. over at one point and just readjusted my microphone very oh, gently. Wow! Just to make sure my levels were for you. Right. Yeah, mm. I was like, oh, that's that's good service. This is what it means to be talent mbl1.com.au slash west if you want to go straight to the western australian edition look for any games featuring home games by perth redbacks men and women you can watch at your leisure they're still available you can watch them slash east if you want the superior side of australia to say <laughs> here we go turn it up I, I I actually that that actually brings up an interesting question because obviously in the U.S. in the U.S. East versus West is very it's a thing surely right like they're very different basically in every conceivable way um, and the West Coast is the best coast because it rhymes with best so because it's full of chill stoners yep yes right and the East Coast has nothing to offer so there goes that part of our audience east coast is full of business people and politicians wearing suits yeah if you need to cancel your patreon uh, patreon.com slash cancel if you're on the east coast so that makes that easy um but is i assume is there something similar in australia other than you guys just kind of with one another like is there the like a east versus west kind of thing or not as much uh there the East typically gets all attention and gets to go first. So out of the graciousness and compassion of my heart, I'm going to let Andrew go first. Okay. Even though you technically just went first. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The West Coast of Australia, because it's just one state and really one city, we're very isolated. And half the country. And half the country. And, and, the, and the, the profitable half of the country, because we have all the, the resources. So we make all the money for the country entirely, okay. which then gets siphoned off to the East Coast. 
Um, what you've There's got- also a lot of beautiful, you know, domestic agriculture that happens in the uh, the wetter, temperate areas of the east that ends up fueling the nation. But, uh, sorry, go yeah. on. I, I interrupted sorry you there, to, but sorry to interrupt on that industrial. But there corner. is definitely a um, a divide. <laughs> okay. There is absolutely divide, and we the West Coast basically feels like it's a forgotten side of the country. It's basically deemed irrelevant by the rest of Australia, um, and so we are constantly. So, what are we talking about again? And so, we basically call the men in the East the wise men from the East. I think that they know more, understand more, and are more more powerful. So, we basically try and forget that the East Coast exists because they always forget that we exist. I feel like Tasmania gets a, a rougher trot than just about every state in the country. Like everyone makes jokes about that. Um, it may perhaps unreasonably, but of the kind of genetic quality of people from Tasmania. You don't get those jokes. No, they just get high vis. No, we don't get those no, jokes. I'm, I'm just being rough. We're not but all related to one can another. Can I be fair, Jason? This is something that never enters my headspace. Like I don't even think, ooh, it's, like I just think this is a great opportunity to piss off Andrew on the yeah. podcast when you ask those yeah, questions. Yeah, and that's what it was meant for, fully. So, But it is interesting that it, it tends to be East versus West here, and it, in, to some degree, it's kind of similar there, I think. So what's your position, Martin, on the East Coast? Do you have a view? Of the West Coast? Yeah, or of the East Coast's greatness. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, as I said, I like to ham it up for this podcast, but... All that kind of thing, and this is a whole other discussion of things like state of origin between New South Wales and Queensland with rugby, which just kind of annoys me to know and how it's even a popular thing. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't even... There's an example of East Coast centrism, right? The fact that two states think that the rest of the nation cares about some ridiculous marketed sports rivalry. Anyway... I suppose what I would say is there are people who care about this sort of thing and it's like, oh, which one's better, Sydney or Melbourne? Or, you know, what's the deal with Queensland? Or, you know, oh, we like Adelaide for festivals, but it's kind of boring. And what's the deal with Perth? They're just out in the middle of the desert there. There are some people who actually hold on to these stereotypes, but of all the cities and towns that I visited, I think um, everyone's more similar than what they probably think. And I visited Perth once and I thought it was lovely. So I don't really care for any of these arbitrary borders but i still like to give andrew crap yeah i think that's fair yeah my my only issue with either side is that they're so far apart and that for me to get to both is going to be a very big pain in the ass but it will be worth it but it will be a pain in the ass (laughs) one prime plus there's a new member who is it one prime plus.com is how you get there and the new member is john j thank you so much john for your membership of OnePrimePlus.com. We love that you found it and have joined us in this thing we call Hemispheric Views. Um, I do want to give a reminder that it is, in fact, open to the entire world. So there is no queue. You can all sign up at the same time. It's totally fine. You don't have to wait for anyone else. Um, For John specifically, if you give us an address... If you would like some uh, cool sticker merch, let us know. We can send that to you uh, for your membership. And also there is bonus content going back probably at least over a year now, I think, of episodes, blog posts. We've got the newsletter that's every month. So there's been... Have we hit a year on the newsletter yet? I can't recall. 
would be very close if we haven't. Maybe one one month off. It's got to be pretty damn close. So you got at least 10, 11 newsletters in there to check out, which for the most part, I would say, well, I would say in general, the show overall is mostly evergreen. But I think a lot of the blog post type stuff tends to be evergreen. There's not really, we don't focus heavily on the kind of here and now as much as a lot of places. So most of that stuff is probably still pretty good for you. And then we've got a bunch of episodes that you can check out that's some cutting room floor stuff, some just very specific to One Prime Plus, and then some just straight up bonus that no one else gets. So OnePrimePlus.com. Thank you, John. Um, everyone is free to join again. And we we really encourage everybody to go in the Discord because that's kind of like the, the best place to chat with everybody. We've got a fun little community in there. And that's for everybody. That's not just One Prime Plus. That is correct. Yeah, the Discord is for everyone. There is a specific One Prime Plus channel in there that is locked to One Prime Plus to talk about various things related to the program or different events that we have from time to time. We do live watches of movies. We're doing a live watch of Severance right now, episode by episode with commentary with the community. And I'm sure we're going to have a bunch of other crazy things coming up for the remainder of the year. So if you haven't heard the good word, oneprimeplus.com is the place to be. I'm excited to know some follow-up. Uh, I can see a robot head, which denotes Jason. Follow-up on iPad screen apps, in parentheses, handwritten notes. That is correct. So we talked about iPad screens the other actually was that a one prime plus that might have been coincidentally maybe it wasn't i don't i don't recall now but i think it was a topic suggestion that's yeah. right so yet another reason one there you go plus. yeah you get to suggest topics as well so we talked about our ipad home screens and just sort of how we had them laid out we talked about what apps were on there and not so much app by app but just sort of our thinking around how we use the ipad i think was probably more more closely to what we were talking about versus just going app by app from, you know, top left to bottom right. Um, and one of the things we talked about a little bit was handwritten notes on the iPad, um, iPad Pro specifically, and how that is a useful tool. But we touched on um, good notes. We touched on notability and how the consensus, I believe, and I'm speaking a little bit for both of you, was that they're both pretty good neither one is like way out ahead of the other in terms of what we prefer. It's just sort of, this is the one I've been using, so I'm going to keep using it. Um, I came across another one. And so I just wanted to bring it up for everybody to try out if they're into handwritten notes called pen book. And it's been quite good. And I'm liking the way that it is laid out. And that's really the big difference here in terms of handwritten notes. They all do handwritten notes, use the Apple pencil and they write notes nothing profound. But Penbook I'm finding has a nice layout in the way that you get new paper and the quickness with which you can change paper layouts and you can get new paper layouts if you want to do I'm saying paper but just you know the basically the background that you don't edit and you're writing on top of. If you want to do like an agenda or a dot grid or a line or whatever um it's just it's it's another option I didn't know about. I just sort of stumbled upon it. So Penbook is an option if you want to do handwritten notes on the iPad. And that's the one I've been using now over Notability or um, uh, GoodNotes. 
It's currently got 4.6 out of 5 on the Australian App Store. There you 473 go. ratings. So That's I've never a, heard of it, but somebody yeah. has. Yeah, I had not heard of it either. I, I believe I came across it completely accidentally looking through the App Store for something else. And there you go. Discoverability actually worked for me. So yeah, Penbook, check it out. The thing that I love about hearing about Node apps from people is you have potentially opened a Pandora's box of people entering some sort of existential note crisis and upending their entire note yeah. 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 filing yep. and, and writing system. Yep. So I'm a little bit worried that we're going to go on the Discord and people are going to be like, oh, I was using this and now I'm using that and I don't know what to do. So there, there's at least 14 people that thought they had the perfect solution and now I have just crushed their entire world from beneath them and just taken out the foundation and now they have to start all over. <laughs> I just tried to load that on my Safari on their their website on Safari for iOS. Mm. And of course it didn't load because of that bug that we've been discussing. I just went and flipped that toggle, flipped that toggle and then it loaded. That's so weird because I I don't understand. I don't have that issue, which is so strange. I have everything the same as as you and uh, David was talking about that. I feel like you and I, Andrew, would be different just geographically separated there could be weirdness or something yeah but he's like right above me effectively like he's <laughs> one state up very close so i would think that would be the same but i have not seen any of these issues you all are talking about it's so weird so just to quickly summarize the last few days and I, the only variable i can put it down to is since the latest ios update 15.5, right? 15.5. Yeah. I've been having Safari, just having random problems loading some websites. It would just, the little progress bar will commence and then it will just hang there. White page, nothing loading. Um, David did some great research because I was complaining on Discord about it. If you go into the iOS settings for Safari, mm-hmm. scroll down to the privacy and security section, there is a hide IP address toggle. Usually... And, tip, and appropriately, that would be hide from trackers. If you turn that, go into that and say, turn it off, and it sounds scary, and you're probably giving up some layer of privacy. For now, I'm sure this is temporary, right? I mean, I, I imagine whatever this is will be resolved. Hopefully, we'll flip the bit. Like, yeah, be able to flip it back. But then go back into Safari and just see if your web pages load without any problems, because we are finding. David and I are finding that that seems to be the solution. Um, look, I went through everything. So I usually use Next DNS as mm-hmm. a alternate DNS provider slash ad blocker. Um, I turned that off. I went back to my ISP DNS. Uh, still having problems. And it was just a – I couldn't figure out what it might be. And so David H. came to the rescue with that solution. You can also do it on the Mac in System Preferences – and then you go into networks. There is a toggle for limit IP address tracking under your internet settings. And it seems like basically the same sort of toggle. And that only affects mail and Safari too. So if you're having problems with those, that would be hopefully it's a temporary solution. But it's just bizarre. It's so weird. It, and again, it, I, I would emphasize if nothing seems weird to you, don't do anything like you're fine. <laughs> but it, it seems like for whatever reason, there there must be other variables involved here that are causing, you know, X to conflict with Y to conflict with the Z or something weird is going on. Because like I'm I'm looking on every 
system in my house and not seeing any of this, which is extra weird. You'd think it would be on at least one of them, but mm. I don't know. I went immediately to ISP because I figured since I'm okay and you both were having issues, maybe it was down at that level, but it does seem like it's further upstream. I don't know. It's weird. I will say I've just done another test on my Mac here. I flipped that Safari bit off and loaded a website, that, that the one that was just causing me problems. Um, and then I just did the same thing, loaded it in Firefox, and it was much quicker in Firefox. So maybe uh, Safari is not doing so well. Maybe it's time for a browser switch up. That's the other interesting thing too, is like these websites are not, it's not like you're going to weird questionable websites. It was like some paint website, like literally like a, like a paint painting, or I think maybe it was actually to buy paint. Yours was like ESPN, like the yeah. most, the <laughs> most generic basic of sites. So it wasn't like you were trying to go to like some weird esoteric web (laughs) yeah it wasn't anything even remotely strange it was probably in the top 10 websites visited on the internet ever so maybe i'm gonna have to switch my browser maybe i'm gonna have to go back to you know firefox and edge or i've tried i've tried it doesn't you can't you can't you can't switch so because of the ios sync is that the issue or apple pay to, uh, well, iOS sync is nice, but most browsers have sync amongst themselves. The biggest things are Apple Pay support. Mm-hmm. You cannot do Apple Pay in any other browser. It does not happen. Okay. I know people talk about like iMessage being a lock-in or whatever. No, no. This, is, this would be an actual definition of lock-in. iMessage, you can default back to SMS. It's not great, but it works. This is literally only in Safari. The other one is when you, when you still run across that random bank website or something where you need to do a two-factor based on uh, SMS. I love that it, feature. And it auto-fills it in. No one else is doing that. Not going to happen. So those two things are so huge. You would think like, oh, what's the big deal? It's just Apple tell you what you go to buy something it's pain in the ass to not be able to just do touch id and go on so that two-factor sms code as well i've talked i think i've talked about that before i might have blogged about it. i love that feature because so it comes good. up just often enough yep that it's annoying when it happens and that's one of those features <laughs> where you're like this is magic that is one of those magical features where when it happens you go Oh my gosh, I understand why this is so great because this just happened. I did nothing. Could I have gone and copy and pasted? I could have, but you know what? I didn't. I just clicked the thing and it was done. So those two things. So Safari, it wins. It, it won't load half your web pages, but it will fill in your SMS code. So therefore, it's the best browser. <laughs> now we've got another robot. We've got trying a new keyboard. And then in parentheses, and a new additional monitor thing. I've, I've, my office has, has been just bastardized and I don't know who to talk to about it. I was hoping you all could be like, I could lay on the couch and talk about it and you would console me and tell me that it's going to be all right for like $200 an hour. Does that sound fair? Absolutely. I got a new keyboard 
Which also brings up another interesting thing. We we're just talking about how Apple Pay and that other and uh, the SMS code thing for Safari. No Touch ID on a different keyboard sucks. It sucks so hard. So if we could get a little standardized Touch ID button for quite literally don't care how much it costs, I want one. Because right now I've got a stupid whole keyboard sitting over here just to use the Touch ID button. And it's ridiculous. But the bigger thing is this other monstrosity next to me, which is a monitor. It's a 32-inch monitor. That's big. That's really big. But it's not. It's tall. I've got it vertical off to the right. This is a larger display than my main one used as a side panel. Same. My my main panel is a 24-inch iMac. <laughs> so it's even more comical in your it's office. It's hilarious. So I have... Let me paint a picture for you so you can laugh at this. Please. 24-inch iMac. Everything's sleek. Nice. Everybody loves it. It's just like, ooh, this is, this is what it, everything could... Life could be. Above it, 13-inch iPad. <laughs> sure. Why wouldn't you do that? Then to the right, 32 inch vertical monitor just over there. My poor standing desk is like the motors are having difficulty <laughs> going up and down at this point. It's ridiculous. But I kind of like it. It's actually really good. And let me tell you why. I've said before, I think on record, I'm not a two monitor person. I'm not the kind of person that has two monitors next now you're a three monitor right person. yeah see not a two monitor three monitor but like you know the classic two monitors next to each other normally with the big giant bezel in the middle i would i can't no that's terrible i hate it i hate looking at bezel directly in the center of my view but there's so many things that i run day-to-day work-wise that I, I want as quite literally a dashboard i want to have slack up to be visible clanceable uh, Asana, I use Asana a ton for very... The project management. Exactly. Thing. I use that a ton, and I, I always want that within view so that I can quickly reference and see what thing is where within a project. Um, and then calendar, I like to be able to be to glance as well without bringing it up into my main view. So now I've got this uh, awkwardly weird, stupid dashboard thing next to me with these windows on it. It works great. I really like it. It just looks stupid, but I think that's okay, right? It, if it's functional and looks stupid, that's okay. Is that correct? Am I? Do I have that mm. right? No. No? No, it Shit. just looks okay. Well, Andrew, you had a vertical monitor to the side. What do you think of this? I, li- I love the idea of a vertical monitor. I think they're really cool. Um, mm. I do have an, I have a secondary monitor as well. It's, it's, it's a Dell. It's one mm. that we bought for my wife and she rejected it mm. um so i was like i can't have something go to waste so i've had it I, I turn it on i don't have it on all the time i turn it on as required for a period of time i had it in the portrait orientation but it's a 27 inch i think um and i found i was getting next i was getting next strain looking up at the the top of it because it was taller taller than my iMac display so I've switched it back to portrait now and it's okay I've tried the dashboard thing it just never sticks it just never kind of works but I do use it as just a random when I need to move stuff over on the other screen 
Um, I can't ever get a window layout that's perfectly sticks in a position. Um, my windows go all over the place. But the idea, the idea of a portrait thirty-two inch, I don't know how. I don't know how you're seeing the top of that screen. You need binoculars. It, it's it's actually working. I as much as it pains me to have this like giant ugly thing on my desk. I mean, it's not. To be fair, it's not. The monitor's fine. The monitor's. It's just huge. But now I've got my whole iMac freed up to just do my day-to-day stuff and be able to glance over. I'm doing it right now. I've got you all on the iMac so I can look at you. Oh, we're not on the sh- iPad. Show notes up at the top. No, this is this is more intimate. This is this is not a meeting. This is uh, an intimate situation. Yeah, he, he's he's locked onto our eyes. He's not referring to no, something I, else. I while, don't want you thinking yeah. I'm looking away. I want you to be looking into my eyes deep, deep into my eyes. So I've got show notes, I've got my notes, and I've got, uh, you know, audio hijack at the bottom. It's, it's great. All of this, the, the iPad screen above, the big giant stupid thing to the right, these were not new. Th- these were things that just existed in the house already. I thought you were going down the path of these are not three devices. No, these are not. These Are you getting it? It's a it's an iPad above your monitor. It's an iMac, and it's a 32-inch ugly thing next to it. These are all one thing called my desk. Yeah. No, these these are just all things I had in the house already. So I I you know I experiment. I try things. So Playdate Corner. Playdate Corner. All right. So quickly, uh, Playdate Corner, which is the yellow square emoji. Which good for good, you know, thinking ahead on their part that there already was an emoji for the device. Good call on that. Um, a couple of games that I wanted to mention for Playdate enthusiasts. Pick Pack Pup. Fantastic game. It comes with the device in one of the weeks. Love it. Flipper Lifter. Third party sideload. Fun game. Is that pinball? No, it's like this game where you're an elevator operator with the crank and you're trying to get penguins to different levels of the hotel that they're trying to get to. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Flipper lifter. Come on. Um, Bubbo Collect, another third party side load. I'm I'm mentioning these because I'm I'm so happy with how many third party side load games there are on I've been finding them all on itch.io. I don't know if people are familiar with that. It is a place to get all manners of content, but it's a it's a marketplace for people to sell their wares. So Bubbo Collect is another one. And then Casual Birder is another one that I'm back onto now after beating Pick Pack Pup, which is also within the uh, weekly releases. To say that, Playdate, still two major thumbs up. Love it can't say enough about it and what's it pool suite oh pool suite we touched on that when we were talking about the play date because there's the little dock that it's gonna have at some point where you can have on your desk mm. and it'll have yep. the pool suite uh, fm app for the play date yeah and it got me listening to pool suite and it plays quite literally 24 7 in my house now i can't stop it's so good i i are you just wiping lotion all over yourself you know as the sun comes through the window i am just lubing up listening to pool suite fm it's my favorite thing now i do either of you listen to that 
uh, I guess, app. Intermittently, yes, it's good. Oh, my gosh. It's just... Not as much as you do, clearly. Oh, it's the best. It's so good. What is your favorite station? I have to ask. I think I mentioned last time it was the Tokyo Disco same, one. Same. Yes, it's the best. It's brilliant. It's the best station. It's so good. <laughs> but it's kind of... What I like about it is that it's clearly retro and nostalgic and cheesy, yes. which fits the app, but it's also kind of modern. So, you listen to it and you go, oh, this is kind of funky or new. So, it's like old and new again sorry old is new again like the app itself. i have never felt cool in my life except listening to pool suite <laughs> fm <laughs> so listeners try pool suite fm and tell us if you also feel cool all right now foot gaming corner i thought it would throw you off to put a foot next to a gaming controller in our notes it's really mundane white news, as in mundane white man news, which is in no way, you know, important to anyone. Uh, but yeah, I got a new Xbox. A whole new console. What? Like the, like a proper Xbox? Yeah, Series X. You got a Series X? Holy s***. <laughs> this guy. Yes. Did you see my Discord commentary the other day? Trying to find... He held that. He held that over your head. Like, I'm going to drop this on you so hard during the recording. I didn't mean to be spiteful. Natasha found it like a uh, an exchange place where they refurbished them. It's oh. actually, I think it was bought and instantly handed back. So I went and snapped it up. Oh, my gosh. Up. This is amazing. I l- can we can we mark a calendar? Uh, so, uh, John, John, <laughs> get that on the calendar. Series X. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> Tag it down. Thank you. Holy hell. <laughs> Welcome to the next- I didn't wow. expect it to inspire this much excitement. Welcome to the next generation. Can you get one for me? Well, this is my first new console in about 16 years. <laughs> so, I thought, eh, might as well. Wow. Okay. So, hold- So, you've been playing Forza, no doubt. I'm sure. Man. I've been trying some things. It's, it's been interesting to see uh, Halo in such high resolution. Yeah, I'm sure. So that's been nice. Absolutely. You're 4K60 yeah, now. I just thought- Look at this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But the funny thing is, this is what I- This is the, the huge kind of, I suppose, seismic shift in gaming, which I just completely skipped. So, I think I mentioned before, played the, the original Xbox, played Xbox 360 locally at home for years. The internet never really kind of worked and I didn't really care. I didn't need to get online to play my games. So, I have this whole history of local stuff, but- different live account made through the whole Xbox or sorry, like Microsoft profile. So if you find me on like the system, it's like this piddly score as if like Martin is new to games. Be gentle on yes. you. Like it's like I've never touched anything before, but I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. So uh, yeah, it's been fun to experiment with it. And it's uh, it's a large black box object, uh, which actually fits the name. And I'm glad they put the green back in it. Is it very noisy? No, it's totally quiet, which is such... That's probably the biggest upgrade from the 360 because the 360 sounds like an industrial cooling system for a warehouse or something. Martin would hear the 360 and think he was at work at the blast furnaces because, like, that shit was awful. It does approach that noise, yes. So, what did you see? Your gamer tag is Feldmeister. Am I assuming that's correct or... Uh, I think that might have already been taken. I am Feldmeister and other things. I think it's uh, MJW Feld. You can find me there, but nothing much interesting. That's my initials. Wow. Look at that. So, wow. Xbox Series X. I love this. I love everything about that. Because I would have guessed you would have been like, I'll just get a Series S. It's fine. 
but you were like, no, I'm going, I'm going for it. Well, I figured I've got the 4K TV. Rationalizing it as well, trying to find one, not being able to find one and going, oh, I'm sure the, I'm sure the S will be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, no one really needs such a thing, but the way I rationalized it, because, you know, we all justify these things, is I hadn't had one that was new for years. I got plenty of use out of that. This is not going to be old or superseded super quickly. Of course, they might do slim versions yeah, or, but who cares? you know, make it smaller, but whatever. I got such value out of the two previous ones that I got years ago that, yeah, why not? And there's... Pretty fair backwards compatibility, which is good. Um, I do think they need to go further because there are games that I have on disc, hence the disc drive interest with the Series X. Um, I don't think they go far enough. And there's that little thing that makes me smirk on the Microsoft or Xbox website that's our promise to you, keeping our promise to you about backward compatibility. And as far as I'm concerned, the promise is not fulfilled because I have old stuff that I can't play. And it's probably due to some bizarre licensing issue uh, or they can't be bothered. So impressed microsoft but it's not far enough let's put it that way the playstation is the same way but at least there's and i don't know i mean it doesn't make any better but there was the excuse of like from a ps3 standpoint it was like this weird architecture thing that they thought was going to be great sure ended up not being great so i I give them a little bit of a pass on that of like we're not going to re-architect all these games but like for the xbox side i'm kind of like Come on, guys. Like, This is the company that has kept Internet Explorer limping along for so long to keep corporate people happy. You can make a couple of original Xbox games more you know, compatible or resurrect them. I will continue to say, though, Xbox Game Pass is the best bang for any gaming dollar that exists in all of gaming. Game, that took me over Game the Game Pass is just so good. On the PlayStation side, it's a flipping disaster they've had two different things which i have both they're both meh now they've put them into one which gives me like two mehs into a bigger meh i guess i don't know but like game pass is just it's so it's such a good value in terms of everybody you know there's always this kind of like oh i don't want to subscribe to everything but game pass is really a good value i think in terms of gaming Amount of gaming you get per dollar, I don't think you can beat Game Pass. Yeah, and I was so impressed with how it worked on the iPad. I thought, well, this is cool, but it's really still not the center of a gaming universe. It's a cool thing to have and move around with. And I thought, if I'm enjoying it this much on this tiny little thing that's just playing it through a browser, what's it going to be like when there's actually the dedicated box with the power and the vent for it? And no, I haven't been disappointed. It's been really good. And isn't that wild that you started playing on the iPad? You started playing Xbox games on the iPad, then bought an Xbox series. Like, that's just such a weird, in a good way, direction to go, that that's even possible. I think that says a lot about the way Xbox thinks about this stuff. And I think they're very smart, capable, and intelligent about the way they've built this entire uh gaming kind of environment compared to everyone else very clever and it's the sort of integration and uh it just works experience that apple's generally been famous for but i think microsoft's really done a good job in this case with gaming and i'll I'll be honest with you a lot of my nostalgia came back just from actually watching halo and paramount plus it was like that final tick over i went you know what i loved this game 
I want to play it through again and do the ones that I never played because they were on newer consoles that I didn't have access to. So I just went, you know what? That's it. All of these things slowly adding up over years and I just finally got pushed to do it. I, I just can't believe you got a console. I've been looking everywhere. I haven't found one anywhere. And then I, was, I, I re- resiled myself to getting the S and then I was like, well, I need two controllers. You can't even buy a second controller. I'm, I'm happy for you, but I'm actually also really, really pissed off. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mean for it to be like that. I was just trying to be mysterious with emoji, I'm, not to make you feel I'm bad. I'm glad that it really hits him deep. I'm, I'm sorry. happy about that. Wow. wow. Okay. I'm so glad we can have Gaming cool. Corner going forward now. This is going to be great. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, thumbs up, next. <laughs> well, my kids have discovered um, NBA 2K, so I'm excited for them. They're playing 2K20 on the Nintendo Switch. EA have deactivated. Is that the one that's on Apple Arcade too? Uh, yeah, the new version's on Apple Arcade, but it's no good without a controller. You need to play that game with controllers. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. And it's, it's 2K20, typical EA. They've just they've turned off the servers for it, so you can't. The only thing you can do is play exhibition games, basically, because they want you to buy the new version and use. You know, so, so you can't access servers for NBA 2K20 on the Switch anymore. <sighs> Media Corner. I thought we would take a topic suggestion from one of our One Prime Plus subscribers, Laker. OnePrimePlus.com. Thank you, Laker, for your ongoing subscription and also for this suggestion. Laker asked us, what are some of our favorite podcasts beyond our own universe, maybe out there in the tech genre, maybe beyond? I'm not sure. We're going to find out from each other. Uh, Who wants to start off? Andrew, maybe you. Do you have a podcast recommendation that is perhaps a bit unexpected? Uh, yeah, I've got a number of, I've got a couple of them probably that I'll go with. NBL so, Pocket Podcast. Oh, of course. NBL Pocket Podcast, number one, subscribe, enjoy it. It's fantastic. They have a Patreon too, I hear. Yes. All these Patreons, I never seem to get any of the money. They always go to the other guy. So I've done something horribly wrong in my management. Podcast, apart from the normal ones that everybody knows, all the tech ones. So I don't I want to avoid those. I'm a Patreon of another podcast. It's the Unmade podcast. Hmm. That's probably fairly, that's probably fairly well known as well because it's got um, Brady Harron mm-hmm. hosts that, and he does a bunch of YouTube stuff and podcasts. And used to be um, Hello Internet with CGP Gray. He this podcast started off as coming up with ideas for podcasts that they're not actually going to do. So each week they have to, he and his co-host come up with, from with an idea of a of a show for a podcast, an idea for a podcast, and they talk about it and say why it would make a good podcast. But as with any good show, over time it has morphed and created its own culture and norms and segments and all that kind of stuff. So the actual the idea of coming up with a podcast idea is only probably one fifth of the entire show these days. But it's just, it's really good banter between the two of them. They have lots of engagement, a huge audience from what I can tell. Um, and it's just a really fun, enjoyable listen. And Brady being ex-Australian now in the UK, and he's very good at these sort of things, really high quality editing. And then his mate that he grew up with, 
in South Australia. So he's a South Australian church minister. And it's just a different kind of vibe you get from the other co-host. He's not a techie dude, but he's, you know, a family man who is a minister of a church and just has a totally different take on life. But they had this common heritage being friends as kids. And so it makes like a really lovely sort of wholesome show. But it's um it's a lot of fun. So the Unmade podcast. I love how you uh, exiled Brady from Australia. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but <laughs> ex-Australian. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's out of here. Nope, you're either here or you're not. You're out. Hey, man. Okay. He, somehow he got like a some Order of Australia medal, and I want to know. I've been I've been lusting after one of those my entire life, and he just gets one. He's not even here. But that was the Order out of Australia medal. Other one I pay for. It's, and it's really for kids. I got it for our kids. It's like a Mr. Rogers equivalent podcast, um, mindfulness for kids. It's called Like You. It's quite wonderful if you've got kids or you, and you're trying to just, just younger children. We listen to it at nighttime. They love it. It just talks about, you know, how do you cope with your emotions? How do you get through a day? What if you have a hard time? And there's some songs and talking. It's really lovely. And it's gotten to the point now where we've been listening to it for so long that now I find it soothing and calming. It's just like, ah, oh, it takes me to a nice little comfortable place, even though it's pitched at kids, you know, six to eight-year-olds. But it's fantastic. And the guy does a lot of work. He's, it's really well produced. He does his own songs, does, you know, got a script each week, puts a lot of hard work into it. Um, so I recommend Like You, Mindfulness for Kids. But that's a good point, isn't it? Because we all were once kids. And I think sometimes as adults, even there's pressure to always just be an adult. You can be silly or take time out or just explore something and be a little bit more childlike. Not childish, but childlike. All right, Jason, you can go next. We'll go alphabetical by first initial. You know, it's nice to have a process. Okay, so Andrew did two. So I'm going to do one, two, three, four, five, seven. I'm going to do seven. Strap yourselves in, everyone. I'm going to enjoy this edit. (laughs) Here's the key. I browse your notes to see what the heck is in it. And I got to say, notes in almost every podcast, severely lacking in what could be in these notes. Very piss poor job of notes across the board. Yeah, but to be fair, the tech genre is generally the best or most attentive with notes. It's not just a thing for us, I think. It's sometimes, but they are also the worst offenders of... And that'll be in the notes. And then it's nowhere in the notes. I hate ever. That. I hate that. Never. It's not in the notes at all. Killing me. Anyway, um, so the ones that I actually picked had nothing to do with, I don't think I have a single tech-related podcast on here, which is probably pretty good for, uh, well, okay, one is kind of sort of. But anyway, number one, Welcome to Night Vale, which is a fictional story-driven episode to episode uh think of it like a tv show almost but in podcast format of an ever-evolving world that you are immersed into through storytelling it's amazing like a radio play but for podcasts. exactly that's exactly right and they do live shows which we've gone to many uh valerie and i've gone to many of these live shows they are phenomenal all of the voice actors in this show are just they're so good. You 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 gain this kind of you don't know them, but you just you connect with them so well. So welcome to Night Vale is great. Um, 
I'm going to skip around on my list a little bit because Welcome to Night Vale has universe around it of other shows. So I did want to touch on Within the Wires, which is another show which is based on taped conversations around different fictional time periods and events. Alice Isn't Dead is sort of a science fiction-y storytelling thing. I'm specifically being vague because much of what they're about, you want to learn as you're going through the experience. So I don't really want to dive in too deep on what they are, but they're all within this Welcome to Night Vale family. Um, the other one is the most the most tech related. <laughs> most tech related is uh, Darknet Diaries, which is a really good uh, show about delving into different areas around kind of hacking and that culture and stories about maybe it's one week is about some crazy malware thing that happened or some hacker that did this wild thing when they were 13 that ended up, you know, ruining the government of XYZ country. So there's just a lot of really cool stories around that. Um, and I am a patron of that one because there's a, the, historically they've done patron specials as well. So that's a good one. And I will touch on Off the Hook, which is another one that's been going on forever, branches off of 2600, the magazine, Hacker Culture. American History Tellers is another one. It's a little hit and miss. It depends on what the topic is. They'll do seasons based on different events throughout, spoiler, American history. So if you don't care about American history, probably not super relevant. But they dive in and they do it through this kind of voice actor narrative thing where they tell the story with people from the time. So it's kind of as if you're immersed into that. So if it were, let's say, about the Civil War, there would be characters that were in the Civil War being voice acted through that uh, narrative, which is nice. And then the last one that I just want to add is Ologies, which is a show that every episode is about a different ology. So it's like psychology is this episode and they bring in uh, the host. She brings on experts in that field to talk about that field. And they go through the history of that field, where it's at today, where they think it's going, you know, what sucks about being in that field, what's awesome about being in that field. But the, the message is every episode is about a particular ology. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a podcast that I've mentioned before, which isn't really my main one or the focus. It's called The Cinematologist. So if anyone's ever into movies, Cinematologist's really, really good. It's um, a show all about uh, cinema, hopefully pretty self-explanatory. But they also have a decent set of uh, bonus content on their own Patreon. And they do a really nice newsletter as well, which is very uh, reflective or personal about things that they're experiencing written in the first person. So I like that. I like it when... Uh, because they're actually academic writers, but they kind of pour all of their personal experiences into this accompanying newsletter if you're into that kind of whole film exploration thing. But my actual thing, I thought I would crowdsource this because a lot of the things I listen to are very tech white male and all that. So I thought, who could I ask? And of course, there is a woman who lives in my house called Natasha. She is my wife. And I thought, I'll ask her. She is. She is a woman. And she had a suggestion. So I thought I'm going to offer that on the show. And she had a great suggestion, which she has actually shown me, and I can attest to this. It's a great one. It's actually from the ABC or the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, hosted by Mark Fennell. But the show itself, the podcast is called Stuff the British Stole. 
It's a fantastic show. It's historical. I hope you get that vibe. And the whole idea is uh, in each episode, they take a particular artifact or thing from history, which was scooped up more or less and stolen by the British Empire or Commonwealth and moved to a museum and minorities or the people who originally owned or the traditional owners of this stuff are trying to reclaim or bring back to their native lands. And it's a fascinating program just showing how people think that the British Empire or similar empires or uh, institutions are a thing of the past. Well, actually, they're not. The ramifications of that stuff are ongoing. And a great example, without spoiling the entire story, was uh, one of the episodes was about a thing called the Benin Bronzes from the Kingdom of Benin or Benin, which is now modern day Nigeria. And the Brits moved in, scooped this stuff up, and now it lives in the British Museum. And people are saying, well, can we have our stuff back? And they're going, no, 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 we are holding on to this because it requires historical maintenance and promotion. And this is our stuff now. So that's a simplification. That's a that's an oversimplified version. But then there are other interesting arguments that come up about, well, in certain cases, had it not been stolen, would the local owners have treated it with such reverence and sacred respect and historical care uh, or would it have just been weathered somewhere on a temple? So it's interesting. I don't want to say the British did the right thing, uh, but it, it can be quite complicated in some circumstances. So if, if you live in a place that is post-colonial or was under the rule of an empire or maybe you are based within said old em- imperial capital, listen to this show and see what you think. Whenever I see a worm, I just start thinking, they call me Dr. Worm. Good morning, how are you? I'm interested in things. You know, you know that song? That really annoying song? I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real actual worm. I am. I like to play the drums. Can I, can I be honest with you? I reckon, and I'm not saying this facetiously, one of my favorite things about the growth and development of this podcast, like you said, Andrew, with the segments that have come out of Unmade, is your propensity to start singing to explain I things. I know, and I'm not even a singer. I'm terrible at it. I don't like doing it. No, don't put yourself down. You have your own kind of ethereal quality. Never would have imagined myself fulfilling that role, but, but here we are.